0: Hello, this is Sibylla Smith. Welcome to my podcast, Got Punctum. Here we highlight ideas, inspiration, and challenges of contemporary photography. We unpack the process of creating a photo book. We speak in the universal language of photography, contributing to the global conversation on visual culture. I am an independent curator, consultant, and educator. My trademark program, Concept Aware, provides a framework to advance your ideas in image and text. I work with photographers to illuminate, elevate, and amplify their work. In collaboration, I focus on establishing context for your concepts. My interviews on Got Punctum demonstrate how I develop a frame around the creative practice of each guest. We come together to understand how they see and to discuss why it matters. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Welcome to our live audience and welcome to those listening via our podcast. Welcome, Rania. Though we are neighbors and friends, it is a rare treat to have time together to focus on your creative practice and your latest monograph, She. How I see your work could be titled Majestic Sovereignty. I wrestled with the myriad associations your work brings to mind. And I settled on a single element, water. Water is about so many contradictory things, freedom, passage, diaspora, leaving, healing, and arriving. Yet all the metaphors and analogies your images evoke can be contained in this life-sustaining force. By way of explanation, I want to begin by sharing a poem by a fellow Lebanese artist, Kahil Gibran. And this is how it goes. It is said that before entering the sea, a river trembles, with fear. She looks back at the path she has traveled from the peaks of the mountains, the long winding road crossing forests and villages. And in front of her, she sees an ocean so vast that to enter, there seems nothing more than to disappear forever. But there is no other way the river cannot go back nobody can go back to go back is impossible in existence the river needs to take the risk of entering the ocean because only then will fear disappear because that's where the river will know it's not about disappearing into the ocean but of becoming the ocean. Rania, you and your imagery defy simple categorization. Her Majesty, Queen Noor of Jordan, described you as a woman of two worlds in your book, L'Enfant Femme. Curator Gresh described your work there as personal, poetic, precise, and perceptive. In She, Orin Zara speaks of you as a wondrous. I see you as a gracious warrior. I believe your images create a bridge, a structure built of relationships, capable of providing a safe passage and an exchange of wordless communication, transported in both directions simultaneously. You animate Persian poet Rumi when he states, I have no words, let the soul speak with the articulation of a face. I love Mark Alice Durant's description in his essay in your book. Mark writes, Matar's camera gathers and stores the reflecting light. And two years later, standing in front of her image in a gallery in Baltimore, Samir's through Matar, or maybe the other way around, is offering answers to questions I have yet to formulate. End quote. This circularity between yourself and your sitters, this flow, this exchange of emotion, builds a bridge. One where you allow your viewers to see themselves reflected in the face of a stranger. And your sitters, through your lens, see themselves connected to you and to the wild possibilities of their yet to be lived futures. Photography is a cumulative art. There is power in the sequence of images, sitting side by side. Your images occupy space between a document and a portrait. They are actions based on feeling. They become a dynamic, a compilation of awareness and observation, and they form a kindred hood. You have one consistent directive, don't smile. This one request provides an invitation a portal, a passage, a bridge. Each sitter, each young womanly subject steps through a doorframe, leaving behind their role as subject and fully embracing the realm of content. They move from a place of performance, expectation, compliance, niceness, all the notions of being a good girl. Pretense falls, a quieter, intimate, vulnerable, interior space fills your frame. You provide a threshold allowing yourself, your sitter and your viewer to be in their being. Their being will come. The coming will be becoming becoming the ocean. Critic Jerry Saltz notes in How to Be an Artist that, quote, a work of art is an estuary of material, personal, public, and aesthetic ideas. Let its water pass through its banks to reach you, end quote. You, Rania, invite us to see what is behind your image. You bring us a swirling river of content. We wade in its beauty, sensuality, timidity, defiance, desirability, listlessness, and purpose. You provide the connective experience that bridges differences in culture, religion, geography, and nationality. You illuminate our collective humanity. As Kahil Gibran reminds us, none of us can go backwards in existence. This is why I consider you a warrior. You move yourself, your sitters, and us through the tumultuous waters of becoming, individually and as a collective, courageous, facing forward. Welcome, Rania.
1: Wow, (laughs) Sybilla, I don't even know how to, what to say. (laughs) Uh, First, thank you so much for having me and for this incredible introduction. I mean, I love all the quotes you included. I love what you saw in the work. I mean, I'm honored really. I was stirring up as I was listening to you. So thank you and thank you for everybody who's helping put this program together. So I appreciate that.
0: You're most welcome. And yeah, I should have wet hair. I definitely dove in and it was lots and lots (laughs) of fun. Um, Well, I wouldn't say sometimes it wasn't so fun because it was so many visions, associations, and I really hold on to literature, especially poetry, too, as carabiners to help me because I really am descending into the work um, and there's a time there where I'm kind of like blah, 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 like under the water trying to figure it out so that was fun but let's let's unpack this and I think that um, having seen your work over the years and watching it grow I tend to look at it uh, your bodies of work almost as a room in a house and comical because your background is architecture, your husband's businesses building and all I can see is this house that's like under construction and you have new rooms. But I think it's really interesting that this latest investigation, which is really very clearly in focus, investigating womanhood through a cultural lens. I mean, that is sharply focused, but I think it began in an unlikely place. Was it not because you were on a residency This specific project did start,
1: um, I mean, if you back up a little bit, my work has been kind of following a little bit also, organically without me completely being aware of that. Um, Mm -hmm. My daughters through the stages of growing up and growing Mm -hmm. older and in that sense is very autobiographical as a mother watching my daughters. But uh, this project specifically, she started Mm -hmm. Yes, in an unlikely place. I was invited to be an artist in resident uh, through a Mellon uh, Fellowship uh, at uh, Kenyon College in rural Ohio. Um, I had, um, I don't know if, if my video is showing, my hair is part of who I am quite a bit. And I was going through a point where I lost half my hair about five years ago. And it made me so aware of our sense of, texture and physicality and finding myself in rural rural Ohio, well, the landscape was so lush and I was supposed to be making work. I became so interested in the whole sense of our being and our texture and the relationship to that background. Mm -hmm. Um, So, it, there was a sense of physicality as well. And then at some point that I, as I was thinking about what I'm doing, I realized, you know, my daughters had also left home and here I am photographing these women who have left home and they're making this world that's temporarily theirs, uh, theirs they are making it theirs. And it, I realized it was my first project that moved out of the, um, literally out of the familial domestic space mm-hmm. into. The outside world and environment.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so interesting that you should say that when I was doing an artist talk with Tony Pepe, uh, whose latest work is definitely on, um, it's called Mothercraft, and a lot of her work circles around themes of life, death, and caring. Mm-hmm. And what is so interesting is she brought up in our discussion how Culturally we shifted when we took things like birth and death out of our homes. People had babies in homes. People had viewings of dead relatives in their parlor. It's why we called it, uh, you know, we used a parlor and then we took it outside the home and called it a funeral parlor. So it's really interesting. I hadn't really been focused in on on the fact that it was outside of domesticity. I think I was thinking, "How okay, I've I finally hung up on this metaphor, or put it all in water, and then you do this starting from Ohio, when it's like you're not near any (laughs) major body of water."
1: What's What's interesting is. That was just the starting point. And I wasn't sure what I was doing with it at that point. I, I tend to work like that pretty organically and instinctively, like I follow, um, I kind of follow my what I wanna do and I let it grow into something. Uh, and it was interesting because I had my fr- friend, Brad Temkin who saw the early work and he's like, you should apply for a Guggenheim on this. And I'm like, and it forced me to write about it and by writing about it it made me come to terms with what i was doing if that Mm -hmm. makes sense so now when i'm teaching i I always tell people there's always this back and forth between making work then writing about it then let the work do its own thing then you adjust the statement accordingly so there's this dialogue and i'm not a very good writer it was a matter of helping me realize what i was doing and i'm like oh my god God, I do have a project and like the rest of my work it started in Ohio but for me it's always important to include work from the U.S. where I live but also the Middle East where I'm from. I'm originally Lebanese from Palestinian parents and for me it's always important to include uh, to include um, that whole sense of who I am really in a way Mm. even though I'm photographing these young women and it's very much about their identity and who they are and the collaboration we're creating but they're also on some level self-portraits they're also portraits of my daughters so there's all of that that comes into play.
0: Yeah I think that is part of what the circularity that I experienced, right? It is a lot of call and response in the work, Um, but you've got clear parameters. Um, I just wanna underscore, I mean, what you just described is literally part of the framework that I developed Concept Aware. And my number one thing is to be in conversation with your work. So that dialogue is absolutely key. Looking, listening, observation, awareness, being open to the interpretations that might not be the ones you set out. And frankly, half the time, I think if you get out of your head and let the process lead you, you will get to the right place because if you impose on it, it is so much less alive um, oh,
1: absolutely. And so much comes into it. I mean, three of those images uh, got included in an exhibition at the National Museum of Women in the Arts that mm-hmm. Oreen, uh, who was the writer in my book, was the curator. But And the exhibition was titled Live Dangerously. And I loved that. I love that they saw that in the work. And I wasn't aware on a conscious level that that was happening. And once Mm -hmm. they saw that in the work, it made me run with it. So it was a matter of these are not passive women in the landscape, they own it, they're climbing on trees, Mm -hmm. they're jumping in the water, as you mentioned, we're getting into abandoned buildings. So there's this level of all of us getting out of comfort zone. So, Mm -hmm. um, so we're creating that moment that we're sharing together. And I was listening one time to a talk with Alex Soth, and he was saying, like, there's so much that happens, that's about the experience of the shoot. And then and if you get a great picture, it's a bonus. And I feel that with every encounter, like we share such an incredible couple of hours and I'm in awe of these women. I love that you said they're majestic. I, for a while, I wanted to include that in the title and Mark Alice Durand included that, called them goddesses in mm-hmm. his title. Mm-hmm. So I think of them as goddesses really. And none of these images would have Being what they are if they didn't put themselves out of their comfort zone as well so they we kind Mm -hmm. of there was this back and forth going between us
0: absolutely I mean that whole idea that's again reverberates what I got and that's why the the metaphor of the river the swirling because it's like and how Mark wrote about it it's like wait like who am I and where am I? And just you're calling it all to question. Um, before I scroll to another image on the PDF that we have, I'm looking at the cover um, of the book, and um, I want to say two things. I want to back up for a second and just say you said something else. I want to underscore, which is in your dialogue with your work, you are organically connected. You're obviously listening. You are following your heart, which is obviously true. Um. But you are giving things time and, and allowing, like, think about it, anything needs to gestate, right? So there's a gestation period and being able to live with that is really helpful. So I wanted to underscore that. But I came to realize that um, I did know that you thought of a lot of your portraiture as somewhat self. Portraiture or autobiographical, um, but this one especially, and I know that it's the cover of the book. Um, yes. What about what about saying something about that? Because, yes. it, it, and it was so funny because when I came upon that little nugget, I was like, oh, because I'm always interested in what makes the cover. I'm interested about what the artist wants as the cover versus potentially <laughs> well, the yeah, publisher. I'm going
1: to the book here. And it's bring, mine's here um, too. And it's the picture behind me. I don't know. Again, Boom. I don't see myself. So I don't know. Fun in the video, but it's the picture right behind me right now. Yeah, uh, so the picture is yep. cropped on the cover, it's actually a horizontal, oh, um, mm-hmm. but it is so it's the cropped version of it. And we had a lot of discussion, uh, with David Shiki, the designer at Radius mm-hmm. and the team, what image should be on the cover. And we went back and forth a lot, and then we realized that. I mean, we came to terms that this should be it for many reasons. And this for me is also, and I'm gonna talk about it, but it's also the picture that segues ways into the project I'm working on now in, on some yeah. level. Yeah. So the image is, well, you know, she is, um, you know, she's looking one way and her body is turned the other way and then uh, and this is the Mediterranean behind her what you see through the window so for one I love it's a very traditional Lebanese architecture Mm -hmm. and I love that you see the Mediterranean but she is walking one way and kind of looking back and there's that feel of being between two places and I was her age when I left Lebanon in 1984 so that resonates for me a lot and I know you're going to talk about the cover but I wish I wish I got an open Open book to show but oh, if i have if, yeah but if you op- if you open the book um again like the sense of water if mm-hmm. you see here Sib, and every mm-hmm. again everybody i don't know if you're seeing me but you
0: can see you and yeah okay,
1: there's the line here there's a mm-hmm. horizon line that goes from the Mediterranean to the Atlantic so mm. your whole analogy of water I love mm-hmm. that you said that so if you open it I mean we we'll are talk mm-hmm. about the whole jacket that opens right there. but there's mm-hmm. that line where the the horizons align exactly that's and so cool. for me this is also very personal with the with the going from the Mediterranean to the Atlantic that's my journey in a way so I love that you saw the whole water metaphor. This is there. And you know, it's a lot of it is in the detail, right? But um, I do live in both countries. I identify as a Lebanese Palestinian, but I equally identified as an American. And for me, it was important to include all those women in the book. And Mm -hmm. because we talked so much about the cover, we thought that was appropriate, but we wanted to honor and give an homage to all the women in the book. So the whole jacket opens into that poster where mm-hmm. all these women are represented because we had mm-hmm. so many conversations about the cover and who should be on the cover in a way that became all on the cover.
0: Yes, I'm looking to see, let me make double check that I am in, you know, I'm in full view, okay. Um, yes, one of the things that I did as I tried to let people know we were having our discussion was we took the cover, which does become this beautiful, collage and brings together all these different photographs so the cover itself opens up and opens up it's literally frameable and we did a video of that whole spread Um, so that's a beautiful creative decision I love Um, that you
1: did that so and a lot of it is in the details as well and when you open it and you make it into the thing the put the back of the poster is red yeah and the yeah. cover of the book is red and and I that's my favorite color. And for me, the red <laughs> represents so much on many levels. Uh, it's part of the flag in Lebanon. It's part mm. of blood. It's also life. It's also passion. Mm. And uh, if people would notice there's a lot of red in the book. So even though I don't know how many people would notice the back of the poster, but- it's,
0: Yeah, <laughs> we did.
1: humor humored me with that one.
0: Well, and it's funny because we did and we tried to make a, a, our background on our, our PDF yeah. the same color, which was kind of not exactly, uh, you know, Pantone right. But it is beautiful. And I love that we're talking about those um, layered details, because, again, in terms of my work around concept aware it's about being clear about your concept and then layering it over and Mm -hmm. over and over in all these very small ways i love that you pointed out the mediterranean meeting the atlantic it's this idea that that is what makes work sing and you know and i know david chickie is a very talented designer to be able to do that and i Mm -hmm. just want you know, in my audience, it's about helping people think about their work expansively, and it's it's a constant of expanse and real detail, real specific. Oh, absolutely. Detail. And
1: it's also very much about like collaboration on all levels. Like mm-hmm. I feel the images are really a collaboration between me and every woman I have been privileged to work with. Uh, the editing and putting the book together is uh, a collaboration between me, the designer, and even and the writers. I mean, for them to be able to add their voice in a beautiful way to the book and mm-hmm. to the story. So I feel like it's, and, and I feel like on all levels, even when you exhibit your work, I feel it's always good to be welcome to this, collaboration because it's often you come with a fixed idea in mind, but then um like you know I going into the book, I was always telling David Shiki it has to be a horizontal book. It has to be a horizontal book <laughs> because my images are mainly horizontal. And he's like, okay, okay. And then he sent me three different um kind of book dummies or like mock-ups of things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's the vertical. <laughs> so I, it, I think it's so good to be open to people. I mean, you want to kind of stick to your guts and what you feel, but I feel being open to what people offer and to a collaboration makes the work richer on many levels
0: on many levels absolutely absolutely um and that is so funny because well that strikes two things I was recently traveling with my husband and we both had cameras and I do not I love taking pictures but I do not identify as a photographer he does and we see extremely differently and everything about concept aware is how you see and I I I I struggled with the camera because I had a loner camera that I could not, I'm a vertical, I see vertically and he sees horizontally and he also sees in black and white, which is hilarious. So the idea is that for me, when I'm working with people is to push you to do exactly what you don't normally, like Mm. all my horizontal lovers go try and do a, like, you know, a month of vertical like it really challenges and expands you in ways and um i love that you are open to that i wanted to ask this quote that i have here is from the um essay it starts mark's essay um seek and learn to recognize who and what in the midst of the inferno are not inferno then make them endure give them space i loved that. And, and I want to scream about that for a few minutes and in a few different ways. One is that, to me, speaks of how I see the women you have captured. They are not the Inferno, but they are in the Inferno. And how do we protect them and and steal them for the, the tumultuous ride, right? And And I just thought that captured so well, everything I was feeling, and my question is: This comes from a book I think you mentioned to Mark that said something to you. Is that correct?
1: No, that the the one that I love that he included that that was hundred percent Mark's. Okay,
0: great. Uh, there was a quote
1: <laughs> that I loved that uh, Oren ended up using uh, about the wanderers, and I yes. also love that quote. And that was because for a while I was considering you know, and she, and she took it to another level, the sense of, I don't know if you want to read it or if you want me to read it, the wanderers, okay. and because it goes to a level where in a way I'm also a wanderer between them, but the women are as well. So there was something yes. kind of beautiful about the wondrous thing, but I, I love that quote. And, and what people often think, I've also have daughters who are in that age group who are in their twenties now. And I'm realizing how hard it is to be 20. I might even say today, not maybe when I was 20, but I'm finding today being 20, for women, it's almost harder than the teenage years. And for Mm -hmm. me, I wanted to be with those women I'm photographing and exactly give them space, Mm -hmm. be away from anything having to do with technology, be in the present moment,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: make them feel beautiful and empowered. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I feel like seeing my daughters as well. you know in that age group there's that sense of having an alternate life on social media
0: and there's a
1: constant stress of thinking you're not good enough and and I wanted this work to be empowering again all these women on some level are like my daughters
0: you know Mm -hmm. wow well believe me, my daughter's the same age. She'll be 24 yeah. next week. And this idea, I was just listening to a podcast this morning and that age group, they are digital natives and there's so much that's going into trying to understand how differently their worldview is as a result of that. So yeah, the idea that you gave them space, I totally believe they need that. Uh, un un on comparative space, if that's a word, and, and safe space. Um, and that's what I was trying to describe when I wrote as well. I really yes. feel like you gave them that. I felt it. I described it. It's like they came out of their themselves to their being. And you did that. That's, that's what you did. Um, and so um, I can read. Would you like me to read the wondrous quote? Cause I have one I more. Want to. I
1: mean, we, I think we covered that enough, but I thought it. Okay.
0: Was that's cool. fine. It's beautiful. And in the book and that, so I conflated the fact that that was a story you had mentioned to her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I put that on the other essay. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Um, what's amazing is how I'm curious about what you do know and what you don't know because uh, before you get there, right? I don't know how much envisioning you do, but I'm thinking how much the background is such a part of it. And I don't know whether you've scouted it and you have a reaction and then you bring someone there or if you wander with the woman and find it, um, you don't use a lot of props. In fact, I have an image in this book that that is a prop is in there because it's like, oh, they're holding something, because normally there isn't anything outside um, of themselves and very simple clothes. So I think you may let the model bring their own or dress themselves, but tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, um, nothing is pre, nothing is pre, too much pre-visualized before. Mm -hmm. In most instances, I'm trying to, uh, I like to go meet those women whatever they suggest because I feel like going somewhere new for me always ends up being creative I'm like all Mm. of a sudden I'm seeing something new and uh, and I'm discovering new things and but as you say the background is very important and uh these walls in Lebanon are part of the fabric of this especially in Beirut of
0: Mm was how the women led you to the background and how um, indicative of Beirut, this type of, of, of wall actually is, is just yeah
1: I mean these walls have witnessed there's so much texture Mm. they've witnessed history so I often like she she led me there but then eventually we walk around and Mm -hmm. you know I saw that little bike that looks like she's going up the hill was pretty brilliant so me too so in a lot of we start somewhere, then we end up going to different places. Sometimes there are like now, especially with the new project I'm doing, that's an offshoot from that, that's more focused on Lebanon. Mm -hmm. There are some areas that are very symbolic of like the civil war or something that I'm having a very hard time getting access to. So if I get access, I'm trying to go with somebody there. Because Mm -hmm. in a way, some of those women, I mean, none of those women lived the civil war, but Mm -hmm. it's so much part of the collective memory of everybody growing up in this country. Yes, So it's a little bit of both. And then I asked them to bring a bunch of clothes. I tell Mm -hmm. them I want them to be simple, no makeup. I want it to feel poetic to feel whimsical to feel free to feel so like I don't want them to feel like we're going on a fashion shoot or we're going to Mm. uh, you know so and and they they get it I mean they
0: really get it so I get that because honestly I feel individuality but I don't feel performance I feel such a, a embodiment that they have so um yeah, it's 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 off the fashion pages. Um, this image is Noir, right? Noor. Noor. Her name is Noor. Noor, Noor. Yes. and it's number one. And then we go to this image, which really, really took my breath away, Kifa, because this is in Ohio, and yeah. it's interesting when you when I laughed, thinking, okay, this project really had an impetus in Ohio that doesn't have water. However, I have a friend from Illinois who lives on the North shore here in Massachusetts and is kind of like, yeah, so the ocean's in my backyard. She doesn't interact with it. And the ocean for me is like this massive part of my being. And, um, and I just could not understand. And she went home for a visit to Illinois, came back and she said, Sib, cornfields are my ocean.
1: Oh. It was
0: so cool. And that makes so much sense, right? But you you did like bridge the metaphor by this piece. And this particular, when I look at the space that the profile, Kifa's profile takes up.
1: Well, can we look it at is, it? Uh,
0: aren't you looking at it? It's, it's right here. It's on my screen. It should be on your screen. Yes. Um, the, um, the amount of her profile takes up a minuscule space in the overall photograph. And yet I think that's purposeful and impactful
1: um well that was pretty because you were asking me about the background I need to mm -hmm. talk about that one for a minute sure So she was a student at Kenyon College and you know she's like from Nigeria and I'm from Lebanon and here we are connecting in Ohio right Mm -hmm. so we kind of got in the car you know what you might want to move your little your mouse because yeah (laughs) sorry so we got in the car and and we kind of wanted to explore a little bit out of, out of, just out of the camp, the, uh, the campus. And we saw this red barn and, you know, there was a guy there who was obviously like, I don't know. He was like, oh, you were at my friends this morning. And there was big Trump supporter signs there. And I'm like, oops. And, but he became fascinated with the process. And, um, and he was following us around. He's like, where are you from? And she said, I'm from Nigeria. I say, I'm from Lebanon, but I live in Boston. And he goes like, Ooh, Boston. I'm like, Oh my god, he didn't even blink on the Lebanon part. <laughs> so that was such a funny story. And at the end, um, he eventually let us be and he started going and digging out pictures that he had in his barn. So I love it because on some level, you know, he's somebody who probably have, you know, he probably did his good deed. I mean, he was he had a black woman and an Arab woman on his on his property in one shot, right? <laughs> but um, but what's so cool he loved being part of the process. He started sending me pictures, showing me pictures that he had taken before. And it makes you think at the end, people come from all walks of life, but there's mm-hmm. that humanity that if yes. you you could ignore what if you can, you know, what mm-hmm. that moment tied us together in a beautiful mm-hmm. way. So mm-hmm. that was very much part of the story of that. And I love that as she walked, her hair kind of got tangled and I'm like, okay, please freeze. And I started working that moment with her hair going into those, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't know, that
0: yeah. <laughs> kind of getting caught on the brambles, etc. Yes. Yeah, well, truly, I think again, it just echoes your ability to be in the relationship building that allows for these bridges, right? Yeah. Um, and that is the humanity, um, which I hope we, we have, um, I hope we embrace because it's that it's that connectivity. We are one ocean uh, that we're trying to get. So um, I have a question that it, it doesn't, uh, you know, the PDF, as I said, the images, there's just 10 of them, and these are available obviously by the book. We're able to give you a discount radius, uh, uh, offered a discount to our listeners of 20%. We have the code on my website. Um, they're also available on my website after this, and of course on Rania's website. Um, and so uh, I will. I will. I'm not really uh, talking about each image as much as I'm talking about how these images uh, build on. Your creative process, Rania. Can I
1: just jump into this one one sec? Perfect. Yes, go for it. Because you mentioned Mark who actually reviewed my show looking at Samira in one of the Mm -hmm. shows. And Mm -hmm. that was a very different show. But this is that same young woman, Samira. Mm -hmm. Yes. And this is a Palestinian refugee who I've been photographing since she was five years old. Mm -hmm. So every time I go to Lebanon, I connect with her. And this was during COVID. And I was doing this pictures through windows. And so that was kind of a combination of things, but she's this beautiful soul. And it's important for me to include her as well as part of that. Uh, And, you know, and I find another thing when we talk about the Middle East and women in the Middle East, people in the West often have this obsession about the veil and about being oppressed and about that. And mm-hmm. for me, the veil, some women wear it, some women don't wear it, it's a non-issue. And I think it's timely now to think of this with what's happening in Iran. They wanna force them to wear the veil in India, they won't let them wear the veil. In Lebanon is lucky that people do whatever they want at this point. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so I photographed also that her pictures are in the book quite a bit. This woman mm-hmm. called Ala, who wears not only the veil but the whole covering. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she is one of the most creative people I worked with. So she shattered even my own stereotypes of the whole black covering.
0: Mm-hmm. So I just
1: wanted to mention that because mm-hmm. it's, 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 I mean, I feel like with what's happening with womanhood now with yes. opening all like uh, taking choices away in this country, Regarding reproductive rights, and in uh, in other air player in other places about how people dress and not dress, and there's a beauty in letting letting women just be whoever they want to be, whether they want to be covered, not covered,
0: and anyway, I just thought I have to mention. Absolutely, that well, it's so funny because that does segue into the question that I had, which is there is a way. Um, I mean, this was on my mind, obviously, as I was thinking about hair, and as I was thinking about covering, and as I was thinking about freedom, um, and so all of these layers were there, and there is a way that you could say there's a subversiveness to what you're bringing us, because you subvert stereotypes you just said shattered your own stereotype which is super important but it it it's this interesting like I don't know and I guess that was my question if you consider yourself <laughs> almost uh, transgressive or subversive in the sense that you really are speaking about freedom and empowerment um, a post-colonial, explanation. So it's this idea like you're taking a role. You are speaking out. It's a bit of that warrior that I tried to get at because you're, you're, you're leading with beauty. You're leading with graciousness. You're leading with our ability to identify and relate. And yet there is this other reality. You're, you are photographing women who are third generation in a refugee situation. So I just wonder where that sits for you.
1: I I was trained as an architect. I Mm -hmm. literally became, well, I became a photographer and these two things matter in the work I do. I took up photography to take pictures of my children. Mm -hmm. I had done a lot of art in college with architecture, but it was mainly painting and drawing. And I got into photography when I was pregnant with my fourth child. And that's important because again, it made me follow my girls through the ages but mm-hmm. the other thing that, that made me stay a photographer and become I, mean, I was still working as an architect and fo- taking workshops and photographing my children but then September 11 was a big turning point for me mm-hmm. um up to that point I mean I had become an American citizen and I wasn't thinking about what what my identity in mm-hmm. terms of where I'm from I was you know I was a mom and I was working and I was living the American dreams. And September 11 really was like a smack in the face. It was this whole rhetoric of them versus us. And um, and I'm like, I am them and I am us. And how how does that work, right? And mm-hmm. and this is when I took my photography to start photographing in Lebanon. Eventually, so my early work, my first book, Ordinary Lives, is only were pictures in Lebanon. Um but then eventually, when I did a girl in her room and La Femme, and now she and I did the project that's not a book, unspoken conversations about mothers and daughters, mm-hmm. it became for me going this back and forth and focusing more on that shared humanity and our the universality of go, growing up and growing older. Mm-hmm. I want to say um, again, every person is their own. Its own I, its own person with her, it's with her own identity, but there's that, there are these phases in life and, and transitions that we go through, biological, emotional, mm. whatever. And mm-hmm. for me, this is what became important in the work at some mm-hmm. point. Now, well, somehow with the work I'm working on, like right now, I feel like I went back to Lebanon, but this is because there's so much drama in the country that it felt like I needed to work on
0: that. Mm-hmm hmm which is interesting because it sounds to me like, as you mentioned how you tied your ideology to um, the becoming of your daughters, et cetera, and then moved into that space of almost your own identity. And, and that's, again, why I think of you as this bridge builder. Um, but it's interesting for me to watch because going back to Lebanon and I did see some of the new work and, and I just think that your the portal that you're going through is so organic. I'm not sure how much you consciously are aware of its power.
1: Oh well, thank know. you for saying that. You know, I I love the quote by Deanne Arbus where she says, the more specific you are, the more general it would be. So mm-hmm. I'm doing work that means something to me personally, deeply. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if it's resonating, then I'm 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 I mean I'm honored. Let's put it this way. Mm-hmm. I think it's so that's so thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. And the another yeah. thing about and I don't know if you know that actually, but I also lost my mother when I was I three years know. old. Yeah. So I was raised by a man, I mean, mm-hmm. who I adore, who's the world for me. And, but it's funny and I wonder, and it was a friend of mine who Stella Johnson actually, who said that once that, um, you know, this has to do with the fact that you didn't have a mom. And it, maybe it is true with this whole fascination with womanhood and with growing up and, mm-hmm. Especially when, when I started the project about, you know, um, mothers and daughters when my daughters left home, which eventually led to she, but it was also dealing with the sense of learning that relationship firsthand, but, uh the whole idea of growing up and maybe in some level they are all auto, auto portraits, self-portraits because of that I don't know mm-hmm. I might be rambling a little bit but
0: yeah <laughs> but no no I think that I did know that and I do think that is another woven part and I I would say you meet your subjects in she as an equal but mm. you are someone who has lived more years and you literally do see yourself in them because that's absolutely what's happening. Um, you know, you stood against those walls too. And so I think there's some, that I think is, again, when I said gracious, um, you are gracious because I think that you're, you're offering something you did not have and you're not doing it in a, um, you're not doing it in any other way but an offering. It's it's there. Thank you saying that. That's very yeah. nice to say that. Well, it's really true. I mean, this is why it was so hard to put all this together because <laughs> there's so many intersections. I'm very touched you saying that. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. Um so let's see. I have to go in and move us. Um, this is there's very few book, very few images in the book of more than one person. So mm-hmm. I was really struck with this, and I and I love this. And I guess I wanted to ask: Is there anything that makes that a priority? Or this is Alice and Lee. Uh, it's in Paris. So when do you decide, or how do you decide, or
1: you know there are a couple of pairs most of the pairs in the book besides them are sisters Mm -hmm. Um, and it's this was actually this wasn't very um they're a couple and i love that Mm -hmm. and uh the woman alice who you see from the back is Persian, Mm -hmm. so she's iranian Mm -hmm. and uh and that was her girlfriend and i photographed each alone but it felt like for me, the important part of their story was them together as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love the, I re-photographed them actually like a a few months ago. So it's somewhere on my website in the new sheet. Um, Because I, you know, um, I love the love between them. I love all the hands, what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't want to limit it, that it's only about one thing. Um, It Mm -hmm. is about womanhood, right? So that's an aspect of womanhood as
0: well. Absolutely. I think one of the reasons I put this in, um, besides that it was a couple, and I did uh, intuit that, um, but the idea of your framing, this totally underscores your horizontal way of seeing, um, (laughs) but it also talks about your formal composition um, and your use of light. I know you use a lot of natural light. Um, The idea- I only use
1: natural light.
0: Only use natural light. I mean, what the light is doing in this photograph, the way it's spilling across at that diagonal on the wall and how, how, I mean, frankly, their curtains are an absolutely perfect (laughs) opacity to do what you want with light because their skin looks so illuminated, but without any spots. But then there's just little bits of hair that happen to be highlighted. And then I just had to say it, but the doorknob or it's actually not the doorknob, it's probably for the window. Um, And just the layering. It's absolutely beautiful. And then the serendipitousness because um, the skirt um, is the same color as the wall. I know.
1: You know what? There's a lot of serendipity. And then people think often that I staged this, and maybe I should take more credit than what it is. But <laughs> if you observe life, it's just beautiful. It's a matter yeah. of seeing it. Like I have this woman run with the pink hair, running mm-hmm. into those phone flowers. Yeah, yes. flowers. It was our meeting point. I mean, I was supposed to photograph that woman in February, and it was in North Carolina when I was visiting my daughter in college and she stood Mm -hmm. me up. That was the only time I got stood up. And, but I didn't give up on her. And when I went back a few months later, I messaged her, I'm like, but are you gonna come this time? She said, yes, yes. And she came and this was our meeting point. And then the flowers were out by then. So I'm like, I'm so glad she didn't show up the first time. (laughs) It was winter, right? So- Yeah, frankly, yeah photography really that you just are able to see things it's a it's a matter of really seeing them when they happen and mm-hmm. and it is serendipity there's a lot of it I wish I could claim credit for the beauty of life like <laughs> that <this>, right
0: <laughs> I get it but I also think that that goes to my metaphor it's like you gotta surf like when stuff doesn't happen it doesn't happen and maybe the next is going to be better like you know yeah. who knows you just don't know this is who you had mentioned before. Wow. Yes. So uh, how do you pronounce her name? It's L A L A E. Ella. Her name is Ella. And Alla. this
1: woman oh. is incredible. She reached out to me on Instagram for me to photograph her. Mm-hmm. And and I went to her page and I'm like, oh my God, I thought mm. it was Oxymoron because when you covered the way she is it's more about modesty or whatever but i'm like what the hell let's do it when i went to her instagram page it said follow me i'm toxic i'm like oh she's cool so so um she has more pictures than anybody in the book i mean mm-hmm. she is relentless she has like this is a place where she knew in southern lebanon right at the tip with israel there was a wall on the on the back side and if you look all the way up there were israeli soldiers so I would not have even known this place, and these golden rocks were fantastic. So, um, really, to give to give to give the women for me a photograph agency is in a way is is giving me a gift, right? Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so, and the other thing that I love about her, and I don't know if you have the picture after that, there's another woman, uh, her name is Natalie, sitting in the water. And I I realized that I have a similar relationship to both of them. Mm -hmm. And I eventually connected them on Instagram as well. And I wanted to do the back and forth story where I'd photographed one and then we'll do something as a response here. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So for me, this was literally also tying the two cultures. And what I love is, you know, Allah is Shia Muslim, Natalie is Jewish and none of them care.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, I could mm-hmm. show you the
1: photo. It's in the I'm, I'm looking through
0: this, this one that we're looking at is, is in the it's golden right water. Let's see, it's, tell can me can what page. You yep, yep. Can people tell me see what? it? Yes. But tell me what page so and I'll it do it too. On
1: page, it's right before the other. You know what? I don't have page numbers.
0: <laughs> oh, that's true. You don't have page numbers. Hilarious. I have I'm it. Oh, it is right, right here. I, I, got I got it. Got I got it. It's, <laughs> that's also a creative decision, keeping it simple. So I'm holding it up too. And it is the page before this one. Yes. And yeah, so I love
1: the story and they almost look like yin yang of each other. Yeah. And again, it, I realized that I had a very similar relationship of a model to to uh, to the photographer with both of them, where they both get so much into the whole process, just as much as I do. And mm. they bring their friends and they have ideas. And I photographed them new- numerous times that I felt it was natural to kind of introduce them to each other.
0: That's so. so wonderful, and 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 so interesting. Obviously, because of their choice or ability to express themselves, they do not have the same um, abilities. Uh, that's uh, quite incredible. This is another quote. I didn't do the one that you had said, but it is: "Awaken okay. my will, awaken my wilderness, and tell myself that a moon will rise from my darkness." I loved that again. Um, And it is again, for me, this empowerment and maybe I'm Nope. There we go. Um, That this quote, and I think um, how I do frame what I see in she is this ability to be rising out of the fire, which is what the first quote talk about this idea of darkness, this idea of embracing wildness, um, and seeing yourself as a moon. That's a very powerful idea. The agency of that, um, and the reflect reflected light of that. So I had so much fun uh, swimming around in these metaphors. She is.
1: That's her. And again. here <laughs> she is
0: again. Which I thought this image goes. Um, you've. This has had a life of its own, I believe. Yes, like well, it's been I shown- want to tell
1: you a little bit about that story because this is the story that kind of was a segue into the project I'm working on now that I called mm-hmm. "Where Do I Go, La Wendruh." This picture. Um, you know, after the explosions, the explosion of August 4, 2020, mm-hmm. uh, my son decided to leave everything and go to Lebanon to volunteer. Mm-hmm. So I went with him in September uh, 2020. It was right. I hadn't been there in a while because of COVID. And mm-hmm. uh, and I thought I was going to photograph the destruction from the port explosions till I realized I'm not interested in the, the destruction. I find the beauty in the women. Mm-hmm. And... That image, my father-in-law's apartment was completely destroyed Mm -hmm. uh, from the explosion. And this was on the top floor of the building where he lives. So Mm -hmm. I went upstairs with Allah there and she brought the mirror and, but all of a sudden, she held the mirror to see her. I'm like, can you hold it? Hold it. Because if you see to the right of Allah are the mm-hmm. silos, and mm-hmm. this is where the explosions happened. So mm-hmm. everything to the right of the silos literally got destroyed. Mm-hmm. Where we're standing, a lot of it got destroyed because of the, of the pressure and the mm-hmm. glass that broke. But mm-hmm. this is her looking at herself, looking at the silos on the other side as well. So there was something for me that was pretty important about that image. So what happened, the left side of the silos protected West Beirut and the east mm-hmm. side, it, the explosions happened on the east
0: side and everything was destroyed there. This is what I mean about the the estuary that I brought up from, from Jerry's quote that talks about um, being able to get behind the image. Um, I, without knowing, uh, I mean, the the title does uh, just let you know it's in Beirut and that it is Allah in the mirror and it was in 2020, but I did not put together. And I remember when the explosion happened, the layers that are in these images is what I'm talking about where there's layered meaning that you are bringing to us with, with such a... Um, a light hand with a heavy message, and I and I hate using those words because it okay. it sounds judgmental or something. No, no, and no, it, not And at it, all. and it isn't. It's really about the power because I get stuck on the aesthetics of this image, like where her whole profile is this very um, mm. bold triangle. And that whole idea of her holding her hand out and she is looking forward. And I mean, even without the explosion, it gives us so much to roll around in and think about. And then when you add that, that that is so clearly uh, compounded is amazing truly yeah, truly I mean, amazing and, and to
1: be honest with you i have to say the book on another level mm-hmm. the book kept getting delayed because of covid mm-hmm. and as you say some some sometimes there's a silver lining and you don't you know uh yeah. i ended up adding pictures that were not in the original oh. book which is the few pictures i made at that trip and another trip right after that and i think the book oh. is better for them so
0: Yeah. You gotta, you gotta surf um, is, is kind of what happened. I mean, what's the choice, right? There is no going back. Just keep moving forward. Um, So this is Aya and this is also in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Your color, your color palette is absolutely gorgeous and I just want to share a couple more images before we open to questions, and now I'm never going to look at this image again because you and I had a little conversation because I read that you recently lost your father-in-law and that this was his favorite image. And oh, and yeah. and my 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 feeling with it is that it is so layered metaphorically, uh, so beautiful. Um, this is one of two places where I saw you use a prop, and and I think if you do a careful reading, you see the barbed wire um, you you know you're obviously you're you're having and this is what i mean uh, there is a subversion here where you're telling or not telling you're asking your viewer to hold this like destruction like okay there's barbed wire and that is not age that made that building and that rubble happen that was man made that was gunfire and here is this woman in this beautiful blowing white dress. And she has, I love the fact you don't normally have everyone from their head to their toe. And here part of her face is obscured, but her feet are there. And it just, and they're not with any shoes on, even though she's standing on what looks like a building that blew up. Um, So it's metaphor after metaphor. And then you have this teeny sliver of the blue sky. So you are asking people Without, I think, knowing you're asking all these things, it's just very, to me, powerful. So anything you want to say about this before we move to the Well, next?
1: this one is actually, she is the best friend of Allah, who's fully covered. And they both uh-huh. came together. One is wearing almost nothing and the other one was wearing the full Chador and they're both Shia Muslim from southern Lebanon, so I love that that was part of the story. And Allah brought all the flowers, so I had mm-hmm. a picture of them together, but ultimately, I think I like this one better because the other one you forget the metaphor, all you look at is like, okay, one is not covered, then one is covered, mm-hmm. right? And uh, but this was in southern Lebanon in the village of Khiyam, and this was a detention center that was mm-hmm. it was like. A, there was a lot of torture happening during the civil war. So Mm -hmm. once I knew, I mean, that's all I knew of the village of Hiyam, you know, the detention center, but both women are from Hiyam. So when I went Mm -hmm. there, I told them I would love to go to the detention center, what happened. And they destroyed it to destroy the evidence of what had happened, but it's very much of, like it's in the backyard of those women. So Mm -hmm. it felt appropriate to create create something with them, about something
0: in the village where they grew up. Mm -hmm. I also think that when you put them together, you probably would have lost some of the subtlety. And I think one of your strengths is the subtlety. Yes, Um, I mean, originally, I loved the other image. But then as mm
1: -hmm. I look, because there was something striking about the contrast, but it was kind of Easy in a way, and I felt like this one offered more in terms of the metaphor. And this always—I mean, this happens with the editing. It's like you have to spend time with the work, and
0: -hmm.
1: and sometimes I'm too impatient. But you have to spend the time. And this one, I just want to say something. Like the photo gods were watching over it. Mm -hmm. It's hard to see it in the photograph and the on the slide here, Mm -hmm. but the women uh, in white. Uh, Mm -hmm. her right arm that's going above her head she has Mm -hmm. a tattoo of a fly and then a fly landed on her other hand when I was making the picture Mm -hmm. I'm like oh my god (laughs) well it's so
0: so yeah this is Natalie and Caitlin and it's in Waltham Massachusetts and it is on train tracks and I you've had a couple of tattoos in here that I was going to ask you to translate and I looked at that and thought Okay, the one on the inside of her arm looks like a tattoo, but what? Like I didn't, I wondered. Oh, yeah, right? I'm glad you
1: noticed it. <laughs> and these are not sisters, and they're just friends. So this was another part of the story. But yeah, again, is a- I, I, when I'm photographing pairs, I also love the relation and the intertwining that could happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm, when I'm teaching, I'm always I always tell people pay attention to hands and to. Mm-hmm. I feel like the hands offer so many layers to images in a way, mm-hmm. and are so important as part of portraits.
0: Yes. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. Photo gods, you had them. Um, and this is the other piece that I put in because there was the rose and, and as I said, I I think there's only three pictures with a, um,
1: well, this one was also part of a project I was invited to be part of by Francis and, um, the yellow rose project
0: yes yes so this was
1: so i i did the Uh, i did that project where i photograph uh a few women with the roses i let them do their own thing and i had quotes from them and the quote i had from her was pretty incredible Mm -hmm. so for me it made the image it was very powerful and her quote said something about you know um that she doesn't take her the right to vote, uh, lightly because it had, um, I mean, if the quote is beautiful, I don't have it in front I, that's fine, of you, we can find that. Powerful. So, the yellow rose had to do with uh, the centennial of the women's uh right to vote last exactly, year,
0: exactly, exactly. And that is a traveling show, and I, I, we can uh, locate the quote that went with the photograph. I didn't, I did not get nudged to think about the yellow rose project because i didn't know it because i took it out of context
1: here i love that image so much so i took it a bit out of context and added it to this which
0: i love so that is kayla and that's in jamaica plain massachusetts um again the serendipity of of her nail color and and everything, that her hair is two different colors on either side of her head. It's just beautiful. So um, I'm going to open it up. We have to hope that the um, technology gods are with us, um, yes, that we don't <laughs> echo ourselves crazy. And if we do open it up, we'll just see. Because what happens, and at least has happened in all of our runs this morning, is that that Rania and I, like echo, echo, echo. So let's go see. Oh my God. Gonna... I
1: mean, i really, I had no internet. Then we had the echo. It's <laughs> a miracle. We made it that far. Really.
0: <laughs> Never ceases to amaze me. Well, we are coming to the end of our time and I'm thrilled that we got it. And we went, we surfed every technical oh <laughs> thing they threw at us from 10 o'clock this morning. So thank you. Thank you. And, um, And I thank Radius. I'm so excited to offer the book because it's now a rare book um, in terms of uh, what what happened. And this is our 50th episode of the photo book book group. Congratulations. Thank you. Which is so exciting because talk about evolution, it became a podcast. And then this summer I ended up doing, um, I take the summer to not do the photo book book group because it's a very big deep dive into work and time consuming um, to present it. So I thought, oh, I'll do artist talks. And then of course I came up with like 15 people to interview and it became equally as much work but it's been a blast and we have been dropping those as well. So um, I'm very excited about the expanse and we've actually reached over 124 countries which I find fascinating on four continents. So there's a global conversation here and, um, and all of our perspectives are necessary. And if this isn't proof that there isn't one way to see, nothing is, right? So I'm, I'm thrilled about that. So terrific. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming. And Thank um,
1: you so much. Thank you all for taking time in the middle of your day when everybody's zoomed out already. So thank you.
0: The same. Thank you all. To be continued and take yes, so care
1: nice to see some familiar spaces thank you guys
0: i know if, thank you we you're very work. welcome okay. we did yep gotta <laughs> surf all right you take care thank bye you.
1: bye
0: thank you for joining our conversation we love your feedback and hope you will rate and review this podcast Our episode notes detail our content with hyperlinks to resources. Accompanying visuals and an archive of more than 50 of our podcasts, plus our artist talks, are available on my website, jsybillasmith.com. Find them under the In Conversation tab on my navigation. You will find further information about my services under Offerings on my website. I look forward to working with you.